This podcast is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. And now you're like, what's the plot twist? None. There isn't one. Seriously, Mint Mobile has premium wireless from $15 a month. There is no trapping you into a two-year contract. There's no opening the bill to find any crazy fees. There is no luring you in with a free subscription to streaming services that you'll forget to cancel and then you'll get charged full price. No, there is none of that. Mint Mobile sent me a SIM card. I threw it in an iPhone I wasn't using and boom, I had the premium wireless service and it just worked. It worked in Boston, it worked in Seattle, it works in St. Paul, it works in Minneapolis, it works in Orlando, it just works. I'm able to play Pikmin and Pokemon Go. That was my most important part. Can, I don't call anyone, maybe maybe my wife every now and then, but I was like, can I use Mint Mobile and play Pokemon Go? Yes, I can, and it works. And you can too. You can get premium wireless from just 15 bucks a month and no unexpected plot twist at mintmobile.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t that's mintmobile.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t you'll make yourself and your wallet very happy over at mintmobile.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 533rd episode of... The, this is the second time we're doing this. Uh, that the third time. Uh, hello, welcome to the 533rd episode of the Pokemon Podcast. My name is Steve. With me is Greg. Is it? Yeah. Is it, yes. though? And Greg's been on the show is for it, a while. Is it Mistakes McGee? Look, if you don't hear the previous section, <laughs> I was commenting how time doesn't work, and uh-huh. people who are saying that I have been on the show for a long time are wrong, because... Nothing since 2020 has counted as it's all been one year. Also, three is a great number, and I'm excited to be on five three three. Mm-hmm. Uh, this feels like deja vu. It should because we're doing it again. That's true. Okay, again, Will normally presses that record button. He's not here. But, but- you, you have been running the Zoom. I would accept that, except <laughs> you've been running the Zoom now for the last four episodes. So you cannot say Will normally does that when it's been a year of you doing week. it. Pengu is here. Will is not here. This is why the Zoom button didn't get hit recorded. <laughs> yep. And I'm then here. he leaves. He just goes off camera. I was opening my window to let Pengu talk. Am I coming in through the window? Yeah, you're coming in through the window now. <laughs> so you got to get the color balance right so that the color of brightness of your room matches his room now. So yes, that was the Got to make sure that the colors on that hoodie really pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you always got to make it pop. Uh, Pengu is here. We discussed how this was more than three episodes you have been on. Yep. Yeah. I think well, our TLDR on what everyone missed. alert for Temtem. So now that's going to not make it in. We have to wait for the Temtem section. <sighs> yes. Okay. <laughs> this is just tragic. I, I did say I wanted to take a pit stop and talk about Temtem because it's officially out. Uh, it actually officially came out like two weeks ago, I think. So we kind of missed the mark on that but there's you know there's stuff. I was missing it bob 
And then there was uh, there was a good transition about something being cute, and then I brought up Wiglet, and then I brought up Ed Sheeran, and that's today's episode. So I guess we'll just start with the 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 Wiglet. This is off the Pokemon's press website here. A Diglet that dwells in the sea, not quite. Discover Wiglet, a brand new Pokemon discovered in Paldea. I keep forgetting that. It's called Pal- Paldea. Paldea! The Poke- this was on September 29th, by the way. The Pokemon Company International has revealed details about a newly discovered Pokemon in the Paldea region uh, of Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. Wiglet, the Garden Eel Pokemon. It may look like Diglet, but it's a completely different species. They're really, like, playing that part up for yep. whatever reason. There's probably a reason. Maybe not. We, you know, I, you but, thought there was a reason for two basklin, and they were like, "Nope, there's just not enough fish." Uh, <laughs> I have a I feeling that they're re- trying to differentiate that it's not a it's not a regional variant. It's a whole new world thing. to live in. It's a whole new place to be. Although, to be fair, if they're trying to really differentiate it from Diglett, I feel like starting your press release with a Diglett that dwells in the sea <laughs> yeah, is not, not the best way to do that. Hey, Gen One. You remember how you liked everything about Gen 1? Well, how about this game where it's Gen 1 but different? Wiglet boasts an exceptional sense of smell. Wiglet is able to pick up scents 60 feet away. It also has a I don't s- feel like that is exceptional. Depends on the scent. Have you I, I my house is more than 60 feet and if something has gone wrong in my living room and I'm upstairs I'm like wait a minute. What's happening? 60 feet isn't much. 60 feet isn't even across my kitchen. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of what's going wrong in your living room that you can smell on the other side of your house. <laughs> Look, I have two dogs and my husband burns <laughs> incense. Okay. This morning I thought my house was on fire because he didn't warn me that he was lighting incense downstairs. What kind of incense? Wait, your though? dog was lighting incense? <laughs> your husband was lighting incense. Yeah, well. <laughs> We won't get into that that oh, nightmare of what okay. those do when there's flame around. Um, Sorry to bring it up. Wiglet pokes part of its body out of the sand uh, to feed in the ocean. It is still unclear what the rest of the body hides in the sand or how long it might be. It is said that Wiglet's resemblance to Diglet might be a mere coincidence as a result of the adaptation to its environment. It is the Guardian Eel Pokemon. It's a water type. It is... Three foot eleven, which makes no sense because they literally just said the sentence before. They don't know how long Wiglet is. It weighs four pounds. It has the abilities Gooey and Rattled. None of those are new because Yamper and Magikarp have Rattled. Gumi has Gooey, I believe. That's it. Okay, so to back it up, beep beep beep, back it up. Uh, this was originally showed in like a fake Zoom call that was shown in japan and then had english subtitles but was shown nowhere in english even though the fake zoom call incorporated like a chinese speaker a japanese speaker an english speaker a thai speaker i think and then a spanish speaker and they all spoke their respective languages and there were very coherent english subtitles and it was a fake Zoom call. You like joined it as like a fake <laughs> yeah. Zoom call, and there was no way to pause it, and there was no way to f- fix the audio to it. You, like you couldn't like turn it up or down. It was just like this is how loud it's going to be the entire time. Uh, it was like a cute 
way to present it. I think it was like it was like five survey. So it was it was set up like yeah. Jock's assistant was like going out and surveying Pokemon in the Paldea region, and they first show off like here's a Diglett, and you're like, oh okay. Which and then the the last one, all the people are like, oh it's a Diglett, and it's not Diglett, it's a Wiglet. So it was like cool. Still confused why they didn't put this out in English in any way. Fake Zoom call. I fake Zoom call was better than a 24-hour video to show off ponytail when they and they forgot to animate the ponytail tail, so that was a real big confusing thing. Much better cuz I think the whole thing was maybe like 6 minutes. I'm not going to say it was better. I'm just going to say it was shorter. <laughs> Okay, before we talk about why Wiglet is Wiglet, Pengu, what do you think of Wiglet? I can't stop thinking about what might be under the sand and the implication that there's like this whole side of Wiglet that we have no idea what what it looks like. Like there could be more tentacles down there. He could be a big round boy underneath that little skinny head. He could like extend right down to the core of the earth and don't know. Greg, what's your Wiglet opinion? Do not like. I thought you don't like mechanical Pokemon. I am allowed to not like a lot of things. <laughs> if it was mechanical, it'd be even worse. Here's the thing. I like, I think the garden eels that it's based off of are cute. And if it had just been a garden eel Pokemon and not Diglett based, I wouldn't find it so creepy. But I find it super creepy because they keep making it like weirdly elastic. And it's just, it's just weird. I don't. Like it. And I've already seen people put images on the internet about it that I really don't like. Mm. So I can see there being like weird art coming from it, but I think it's cute. He has like his big little pink nose. I, yeah, I kind of think he's cute too. Mm. Okay, so then the bigger question is, why is Wiglet a new Pokemon with its own dex number, its own name? Looks like Diglett. They make it a big deal that it's like not Diglett but they can't help bringing up Diglett. So why do we think that it's... They decided to make this a new Pokemon and just not a regional variant. I think that in 28 gens, they're going to have a region that is just the Pokemon that are like other Pokemon, but begin with a W. So we'll have Wiglet and we'll have Woobat and we'll have all of the W Pokemon (laughs) that they'll create between now and then. And this is just a a long, a long game. The Wombo game. (laughs) (laughs) Warizard. Gosh, I can't wait for (laughs) Warizard. Okay, so I thought I did research here. I thought it was because they changed the category. Raichu and Alolan Raichu are still the same category. They're still known as the mouse Pokemon. And then Sans- Sandshrew and Alolan Sandshrew are still known as like the, I don't know, what is that? The shrew- I think they're known as the mouse Pokemon too. Or maybe they're known as the yeah, shrew Pokemon. But or a lot like of that. things are known as mice Pokemon in this game. But I was proven wrong. Although they, they do have different categories. Uh, I think Diglett's like the mole Pokemon, and this is the Garden Eel. They they have they change categories for Voltorb. So Voltorb is like the ball Pokemon, and then Hisuian Voltorb is like the the sphere Pokemon, and then Growlithe is like the puppy Pokemon, and then Hisuian Growlithe is like the Scout Pokemon. I think. So I thought, well, like, okay, well. Obviously, changing type doesn't matter because Vulpix is still Vulpix, whether it's a Lowland or Fire. And I was like, it must be category. 
That doesn't make any sense either. So uh, there's not a lot of rhyme or reason here besides the fact they wanted to make a Pokemon similar to Diglett, but then it's like thing around it is it's not Diglett. I, I feel like this is like one of their tests, like how far can we push a thing? And this is how far can we copy and paste and call it something new and people are like, okay, so they can recycle designs. Also, um, how many other Pokemon have like more than one regional variation? Because we already have Alolan Diglett. Be there. Haldean Diglett is too many Diglets, but we need yeah, a we Diglett, have 50, so we have thousand Meowths. Yeah, we have a lot oh, of Meowths. <laughs> Surprisingly, we don't have more Vulpix yet, but one day I'm sure we will. Meowth is the only one that has more than w- one. Maybe they just didn't think Diglett was a special. I mean, nothing is as special as Meowth. That's true. Meowth is pretty special. Because Meowth has Galarian and uh, Lolan. But they also do the Trubbish. thing where, like, so Yamask is a, well, is Yamask a good example? So you have Yamask, and then you have Cofagrigus, and then you have Galarian Yamask, which looks pretty different. And then you have Runerigus, and then you have, like, a Pokemon like Cubone, where it's, like, Cubone, and then Marowak, and then Cubone, and Alolan Marowak, but there is no Alolan Cubone. I guess I don't know if I would be. I, more... I mean, yeah, I mean, we ha- we have Galarian Corsola that changes into something completely different. Yeah, Corsola. I don't know if like, I would be more upset or less upset if Wiglet's just three Wiglet. I will be more upset if it's three Wiglet because I already don't like one. I really want to call a Poke- Pokemon Wug Trio though. <laughs> <laughs> Wig, it's Wig Trio, but they can't do Wig Trio because that is the unofficial name of its Alolan form. When he gets all the hair. It does, is it? it? Okay. It does have uh, like a wig on. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not wig trio. It'll be, it'll be wug trio. Wig, Very wug different. Trio. Oh, yes. It, look, is that a wig trio? No, it's a wug trio. <laughs> I've seen Maybe some... we'll get wug duo. That's like its cool thing. Just two of them? Mm-hmm. Just two. Maybe as it evolves, more of it comes out of the sand and you like <laughs> gradually get to know what's underneath. It gets two big arms and a couple of wings, <laughs> then it turns into Charizard, so... Warizard. Well, when I think of the garden eel, I think of a couple things. One, I think of the things in Stardew Valley that, like, appear in the ground, and you dig up, and then it ends up being a book. I know those aren't garden eels. I know oh, those like are worms. Oh, like the worms? Yeah. yeah. But it does remind me of that. You dig up a worm and it becomes a book? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a bunch of different items, but it's usually, like, a book. I think of Kezu from Monster Hunter, which is like a giant white monster that you fight that like Japan really loves, which I could see Wiglet eventually being. Wait, what's the other thing? There was three things. But also Monster Hunter has the same thing. They have like little worms that appear in the ground that like they're like mini. They're like the, the NPC monsters like they just exist in the world. Yeah, I think. OK, I think I'd be more disappointed if it's just like Wug Trio. Wig Trio. I, yeah. I want yeah. it to be something else. Like you are making, you are clearly making it something else. And I'm hoping the fact that they're making a big deal out of it looking like Diglett but being different means like there are story beats tied to these. Like as part of the legendary path, get food and whatever. You have there's like a reason for it because there's not a real good reason why they're why they've made it a Wiglet and not Paldean Diglett. There, the only other thing I could think of, they show this, and this is like the 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 interesting thing in the Zoom call that 
again is weird that they didn't have any sort of, like they don't like when they originally show Wiglet they they did make a 45 second like Wiglet intro trailer on YouTube and it's nothing like the Zoom call but in the Zoom the the fake Zoom call I should say in the fake Zoom call they they show like Sandile like burrowing underground and like they're like little sand sharks obviously and so it's like they they worked slash fixed that animation so ideally when you're playing scarlet and violet the sand dial won't just be walking on top of the ground they should be underground so there's like part of me that's like somebody at game freak was really proud they've they like made a new animation in the last 10 years and they're like oh we gotta have more underground pokemon to show off this new animation we did <laughs> yeah so we got sand dial, like we got diglett are- we need another one I feel like there could be a lot of underground Pokemon that don't have to be another Diglett, though. Yeah, yeah. The developer spent so much time on the animation, they couldn't think they didn't have time to uh, cook up a new Pokemon. So, you know, just change the color. Make them along. Valid. Okay, the other thing off... uh, The other thing... I I don't know if this is... uh, I don't know if this is newsworthy... Uh, but Ed Sheeran made a song and a video. I let's Ed Sheeran made a song, sold it to the Pokemon company because he probably didn't want to release it any other way. And they're like, "Yeah, we'll buy it. We'll put some Pokemon in your video." I mean, because I watched he, it he again. If you ask me what the this whole song video. sounds like, couldn't tell you. It says the stars have aligned as Pokemon mega fan and international superstar Ed Sheeran has collaborated with the Pokemon company group on a new song, Celestial. His special track will appear in the video game, Scarlet and Violet, launching November 18th. Fans can listen here. Celestial video was inspired by Ed's childhood fascination with the franchise and features some of his favorite Pokemon, Pikachu, Squirtle, Machamp, Snorlax, and more. What a Gen 1-er. It follows the typical- Oh, it's all Gen 1 in that thing, too. It follows the typical day in Ed's life with a Pokemon twist- uh, it was directed by Yuchi Kodama. Apparently, they're award-winning. Okay, so here... Oh, Ed Ed has a quote here. I played Pokemon since I was in primary school. Me and my brother used to have different versions of the games, and we would trade together till we completed our Pokedex. I loved the cards, but the games is what I lost myself in. I loved the whole world they create. It kept me distracted. If there was negative stuff happening in my life in school, I wanted to avoid. If I was a... It was a world I could escape into, uh, and I've played it ever since. Even though I'm 31, Ed Sheeran's younger than me. Yes. What am I doing in life? I don't know. I still own a Game Boy Color and play Pokemon Yellow or Silver on planes or trains when I'm on tour. I don't know if I believe that, Ed Sheeran, because you wouldn't be able to see the screen at all on a plane or a train. I Here's the thing. I bet you he has... He's rich enough to have a special Pokemon Nook that has right lighting for him to play. It's such an honor to add a uh, song into a Pokemon game and shoot a nostalgic video. I hope you guys enjoyed the video. It was a uh, it was a blast. I know a couple things about Ed Sheeran. I know one he made a BTS song, and uh, most BTS fans hate that song because it's zero BTS and a hundred percent Ed Sheeran. Uh, which that was Permission to Dance, I believe. Number two is I've read one interview with him where he said he doesn't own a cell phone because he found it distracting. These are the two things I know about Ed Sheeran. Uh, he's a redhead. Okay. <laughs> do, do people like Ed Sheeran? People love Ed Sheeran, but 
people love pumpkin spice lattes too. So like, I'm feeling so real. called out right now. Wait, does Blue like love Ed Sheeran? Things. I I wouldn't say I love Ed Sheeran, but I like have listened to Ed Sheeran and like know things about it. I feel like he's in kind of a similar camp to like Taylor Swift, where it's like people love them, but then it's also like very cool to not love them,、mm. you know. And it's like I feel like sometimes, not saying that it's the case in this scenario, people are just、it、like、is. it's <laughs> it's the cool thing to do to like not love them, even if the thing that they do is good. So,、um. I mean, here's the thing, much like Taylor Swift, like. I, I put a bunch of stars in the same category, like Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Ed Sheeran, Post Malone. Their music doesn't interest me. I know they're good at what they do, but literally in preparation for this recording, I watched and listened to this video. I walked upstairs and I could not tell you a single tune or remember the melody or anything because it just does not interest me in any way. And it's not like it wasn't good. It's a well, you know, he's a good singer. It's a it's a well crafted pop song, but it、uh, it just bloop, in my brain and out just was like, nope, this is just pure candy, and nothing is here. The thing that I do remember is what annoys me most about these Pokemon songs is that it's just a song that doesn't really have anything to do with Pokemon, except if you like if you listen to it, you'd have no idea. You'd have to watch the video to see、Cosmo. how they added it. Which is fine, but it annoys me that it's like here's Ed Sheeran's Pokemon song. Well, it's got no Pokemon in it. <laughs> like, it's well, only in the video. A writer, correct? Yes. So, like, he's a writer, unlike, producer, singer. Unlike the, the Katy Perry song, like Katy Perry didn't write her song. Right. Somebody else did, and then she did it. I'm assuming、right. he wrote this song. I mean, that's the assumption. I mean, he probably wrote it with people, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, the the song is fine. Here's the thing: people are like, "Oh my god, it's gonna be in, it's gonna be in the, in the game." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's going to be." It's like during the, credit. the credits, You're right? Like, like every Disney movie when they take a song that was in the movie and then they have two pop stars sing it worse for the credits. This is exactly what's going to happen in Sword and Shield. So be prepared to walk away when you're doing credits, unless you're an Ed Sheeran fan, and then stick around. I agree with all of the above points, but I did like the video. I thought it was very cute. I really cute. liked how all of his Pokemon had unibrows.、Uh, I liked Pikachu <laughs> like sound engineering his session at the end. That was good,、um, and I also really enjoyed Pikachu's butt trying to wiggle into the Game Boy. Yeah, that was a good moment. I mean, we now know that、uh, Sheeran form Pokemon all have unibrow, so、yes. that is that is an stat. <laughs> When we go to Sheeran universe. Ah,、uh, we know what we're setting up for. Like the video is super cute. Like I have no issues with the video. I thought like the blend of the the how they blended the anime and the real world sections were very cool. But again, like if you asked me, if you held a gun to my head and said sing that song, it'd be like, I don't know, celestial. It's something in there. Yeah, they they really missed an opportunity not calling it celestila and having yeah their space duck featuring in it or something. There's also the, like the we're just gonna reanimate some of the first Pokemon movie, yeah, with Ed Sheeran as a trainer. With Ed Sheeran in it, <laughs> which I'm like, hey, if I had money like that, I'd be like, yeah, animate me into this film, also with、cool. new Pokemon, because that's the one time the Sword and Shield starters show up. Like the only time there aren't just pure Gen One is during the Gen One movie when he、Where? attacks Mewtwo with Grookey, Scarbunny, and Sobble. <laughs> 
Do we think Ed Sheeran played Sword and Shield and knows what Grookey's score bunny and Sobble are? Well, there's a Sobble plushie in his room. Okay. Is are we saying is that actually his house that they're doing it in? I don't. I'm gonna say no. See, I feel like I, yeah, I'm gonna say it's a set. <laughs> I feel like the the whole like I don't have a cell phone thing really turned me off of Ed Sheeran because I feel like that's very I don't know. I don't know how to describe that of like, no, man. It's, it's like a person that says, I don't watch TV or I don't like superhero movies. Steve doesn't like superhero movies. What? <laughs> what? I like the Umbrella Academy. That's like a superhero. Um, I'm thinking of like Marvel stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen like two Marvel movies. I saw Captain Marvel and I'm still not sure what her superpower is uh, after watching the whole movie. And then I saw the one with the, the raccoon. That one's pretty good. The one with the raccoon, Greg. Which one is that called? Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy, one or two. Uh, which the one first did you watch? Okay. So that that is your I don't have a cell phone. But that but I don't need to watch Marvel movies to get through life. He doesn't need a cell phone to get through life. That's why he's got personal assistance. The dude's rich. <laughs> he just pays <laughs> somebody to have a cell if phone. If I had him. that kind of money and I could have a person like respond to my texts. <laughs> Believe me, I would be waving people off so I could sit on a rock and think about how I would make a Pokemon video. Heck yeah, give me that kind of money. But I feel like if you're saying, like, I don't have a cell phone, you're probably saying, like, ah, video games are a waste of time. Like, do I really think that Ed Sheeran is riding on his private jet playing original Pokemon Yellow on a Game Boy Color? No. Because, one, that would require him to have AA batteries. Two, no one's being able to look at the, the screen on a Game Boy Color. Uh, I don't know if I really personal believe... assistant. <laughs> the personal also, assistant private jet with special lighting. <laughs> Look, the personal assistant keeps the Game Boy up and functioning. If you think if you think there's not a team called Sheeran Game Boy Team that is literally swapping ones in with better screens and be like, oh, Ed's gonna be on the plane. We need to calm him down. Quick, throw Pokemon Yellow in front of him. Quick, he's still stuck at Giovanni. <laughs> he can't get through the teleporters. But we we live in a world now where Ed Sheeran and Toby Fox are making things for Pokemon, which is really cool. Although on the on the flip side, I believe to- Toby Fox actually is playing Pokemon games and is is actually like enjoying modern video games where Ed Sheeran's stuck in 1999 with his Game Boy Color. So interesting. Explain more why you feel one person is being truthful and the other isn't. Because Toby Fox works in video games. <laughs> I mean, so if Toby Fox was a musician, I don't think I, th- I don't think Toby like, Fox. Oh, could I don't have, have made... a cell phone, but I play Sword and Shield on my Switch. I don't think like, Toby nah. Fox could have made Undertale without playing just a variety of other games. I think that's what makes Undertale so good. Is it? Is it because it like reflects back like a love of video games? So what does that have to do with Ed Sheeran? <laughs> Oh, I'm just saying that it's wild that we have like Toby Fox and Ed Sheeran both making music for Pokemon. Oh, and I one see. of them is lying about and one, one of them is lying <laughs> about their love of video games because that's how the world works. I asked Toby Fox what Ed Sheeran would tell me, and then I do <laughs> the opposite, and then I get through the door. <laughs> okay, last question here: Do you think that the song was supposed to be on the the 25th album, and then it just didn't make the cut? And they were like, ah, let's just put it in the credits of the game. No, I think that, look, if you're putting out an album and you're approaching an artist who's a big name, you're approaching them 
long before <laughs> they need to get their stuff done. I, I do think the 25th anniversary was a test of how much people will buy regular artists, non-Pokemon-related music. And they're like, hey, cool, we can do more, and we can get more people to buy this stuff, and it's free advertising. I mean, do you remember when they did the Katy Perry thing? They had, like, a whole dedicated merch store with, like, ten items that were just, what was that song even called? Electric. 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 That's exactly how it went. Yeah, again, <laughs> could not tell you a single melody of that so, song. And I watched the whole like, an H&M, they're playing it. And I'm like, ah, it's the it's the Pokemon Katy Perry song. Do you sing along just just like you just did? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. the electric. That's the only part of the song I know. It's the only part of the song he knows. Uh, that song's okay too. They're all okay. I mean, that's the problem I have with them. They're okay. All right, last bit of news before the break. Uh, Pokemon Ultimate Journeys, the series, is to premiere on October 21st exclusively on Netflix. I canceled my Netflix for now, mostly because I've been traveling a lot. I'll, I'll renew it eventually. I did. I think I finished the Pokemon. Yeah, I finished the whatever we're, we're up to. Wasn't the last one called Master Journeys? Yes. I feel like Ultimate should have come before Master. Probably. Especially when this one would include the Master's 8. Yeah. Yeah, I'm... Okay. Does ultimate have um? Because I know penultimate means second last. So does ultimate mean last? In which yeah, case, it would make sense for it to be last. the last one, unless they yeah. make another one. In which case, it no longer makes. Sense. But right now, it yeah. like makes sense. Well, but master is also supposed to be the end. Like, there's nowhere to go beyond master. It's not like master X, master like the, EX. You can like master stuff and then keep going on. On other things, an <laughs> ultimate thing. <laughs> you can be an this. ultimate master. I guess I just learned what <laughs> penultimate meant. Oh. I've never heard that before. You've never heard penultimate? Oh, wow. No, I've heard penultimate. I've never knew that it was like the, oh, the step yeah. before ultimate. The second best. Uh, but also on top of the uh, journeys coming on October 21st, the Arceus Chronicles is also on Netflix as of September 23rd. So there is a lot of reasons why I guess you would want to subscribe. Netflix is like $20 a month now. It's yeah, really expensive. Netflix is expensive. I'm not saying, you know, maybe get a login from your friends and family, but you can get a login from your friends and family and split the cost. I thought they did it where, like, it degrades your quality if it knows your sh password sharing. Could you tell? Because the quality ain't great and I'm not password sharing. I'm just in my own house. I'm like, well, this looks garbagey. <laughs> Uh, I have not watched the Legends Arceus Chronicle things. That was I um, haven't yet either. That was shown at the like the World Championship. They had it for some reason. They had it outside, uh, and I know like people were like, oh, "Are you going to the Legends thing?" And I was like, "I'm in London. Why would I waste two hours of my London experience watching something I could watch on my couch?" Number one. Number two. I don't know if you know this, but all the chairs are in direct sunlight of this movie, and I don't want to be cooked as I'm watching uh, uh, a Pokemon movie. And number three is I heard that some people really liked it, and then some people were like, it was very generic. So that was like, pretty much sums up Pokemon anime in a nutshell. Is <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but I'll eventually get around to watching it. Yeah, I that, that's that's somewhere on Netflix. Have you, uh, Pangu, have you been keeping up with the Pokemon anime or no? No, the only Pokemon anime I have watched is like some of the very, very first season, and then the Sinnoh anime. 
Oh, that's like, like the worst the one. Original. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't great, but that's all of the Pokemon anime have one. Sinnoh anime is when they really cheaped out on animators and like the animal swine's <laughs> like halfway through the floor. <laughs> Sinnoh has its own set of charms. They they were just uh, concept testing Wiglet with that mammoth swine halfway through the floor, being yeah. like, "What happens if we just what hide half of this, this Pokemon? <laughs> what happens when somebody what doesn't know how to make Wamo smile? <laughs> if whatever after journey with Pokemon Paldea, whatever, whatever the new anime is, uh, I wonder if uh, Netflix is going to pay the big bucks to keep that on Netflix. I would assume so. Yeah, I mean it's it's free for them pretty much they just buy the distribution rights and then it makes them money mr joe serby tweeted that there will be pokemon anime news this upcoming week so after this episode is up and published in japan so i guess the speculation is they're probably going to show a trailer for the gen 9 anime i'm sure we'll see ash i i there was, there's been this entire thing throughout all of the three years of Sword and Shield where uh, Ash will no longer be the main character. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and the, they're setting it up for Go, which I feel like anyone saying that has has not watched a single episode of Journeys because Go is a very boring character by himself. Like, the reason Go works is because Ash is there. Like, Go is not particularly... Go is not main character material. Not main character material. Is I Devin feel like him? Go and Ash are at the same level in this series. Like neither one of them are all that interesting. <laughs> they are more interesting together than apart. I think their chemistry—they've made Ash really, good. really, really hyper and obnoxious. Was he not hyper and obnoxious in the? Not at these levels. You know, I don't think he's that. I don't think he's bad. Oh, he's bad. <laughs> I like the dynamic of Ash being this emotional, like, I feel it in my gut kind of make decision, per- which he always has been. Like, he a million percent always has been. And then, like, Go being this very logical person. And that chemistry is really good. Mm-hmm. Ash has already won a championship, and he's still the main character. I I don't think he's winning the Masters 8. Although, if he does win the Masters 8, he also won Alola, and he's still the main character. So I don't know why they would... Because they've done... They did the thing... They, they've already set the groundwork of Ash being like, I want to be a Pokemon Master. He has asked this every, like, 30 episodes. Like, what are you doing? He's like, I want to be a Pokemon <laughs> Master. And then they go... And then the other person goes, what's that? And then it he never answers that question. And as nah, long he'll say something like it's a zoom, it's a yeah. it's a wowie. <laughs> and everyone's like, What? And, and I'm like, Yeah, the kid the kid needs some help. Isn't that what they do in One Piece though? They're like, We're looking for the one piece, but they never actually say what the one piece is. It's the one piece of treasure. Yeah, but you don't know what the one piece of treasure is? No, because that's the thing that they're all looking for, and then they find it, and then the series ends. But so they never find it, and then the series never ends. It did, didn't it finally end? No, didn't one piece after is five hundred and eighty-two million episodes. No, one piece is stopped? still going. One piece is still How? going, Greg. 
Yeah, there's there's no way. This is what's going to happen. Ash is either going to win or lose. Doesn't matter. He'll still be the main character. And they'll say, like, Go will be like, I can't follow you. I need to stay for Project Mew. That's it. That's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to keep Joe. And then Ash is going to be like, I can't wait to see you again. And he's like, yeah, friends forever. And then we'll never see Go again. Just like nine- We've seen Misty at least twice. We have seen Misty and Brock. Have we seen Tracy at all in the last- Once. 15 years? Uh, Tracy came back once, and I don't remember when. I remember Tracy at least being brought up. Like, oh, yeah, you remember your friend Tracy? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Never liked that guy. Uh, yeah, they, they brought already... back Dawn. They brought back uh-huh. Dawn a bunch. I don't know why. Dawn's great. No, she's not. Dawn's Piplup is great. Dawn's yeah, Piplup, Dawn's Piplup is, is great. Dawn is not great. That Dawn, Dawn and Chloe episode was unbearable. Are you kidding? Th- that the Dawn and Chloe episode was literally a shipper's dream. I sat there thinking they just turned the script over to a shipper and said, write three episodes for us starring Chloe and Dawn. I think it and was three episodes. Boy, did they ever deliver on ship material for those two. I, who do not ship do not ship fictional characters, thought, are they trying to get these two together? Because it really feels like it. <laughs> Electric. <laughs> it's celestial is what that is. <laughs> they bring back Ash's mom every once in a while. Good old Delia. Yeah, uh, I don't know if we find out the winner to the Masters 8 this week or next week. I think that I, I say that as like, unless you don't, unless you have the best hashtags muted on Twitter, I feel like there's no way you're not going to find out who wins. Like, you're going to have to like mute like Satoshi, Pokemon, Masters 8, Leon, Charizard. I have to block half the people that I follow if I'm going to sp- not be spoiled by it. Yeah, there's no, there's no way that you, you're not going to be spoiled when that happens. That was, like, remember when Ash won? Like, that was, like... Yeah. ESPN wrote about Ash winning in the Japanese anime. (laughs) And you're like, well, I guess I was going to wait two months for this to come to America, but ESPN is out here writing that Ash won the Alola League. Uh, So, But I, uh, I, I, I don't think he's winning, but who knows? Anyways, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we have uh, some Pokemon Unite news. We're going to talk about Temtem. Uh, we have our question of the week. No Pokemon of the week. Uh, Will's not here. So we will be right back. Hey, it's the start of a new month, which means it is the perfect time to sign up for our Patreon. If you didn't know, we have an awesome Patreon with awesome rewards. For starters, it's as cheap as $5 a month. That's like a $1.25 an episode to support your favorite podcast. This podcast right here, you can support us for $5 a month. That gets you access to our Slack community. That gets you access to ad-free episodes of the show. And that also gives you bonus episodes. On top of that, it gives you access to all the bonus episodes that have existed on the premium feed. It is a great time to sign up with Scarlet and Violet right around the corner. We have a bunch of bonuses coming before the end of the year to celebrate scarlet and violet so if you want to support the show and what we do you can head over to 
patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t to sign up, support the show. If you can't remember that, you can also go to ise.cash. Both of those websites work. It really goes a long way, and I think it's the perfect time to sign up as we gear up for Scarlet and Violet. If you're one of the people listening to this podcast on an iOS device, you're in your app right now, and you're going to suddenly forget that Patreon exists, there's actually a a two-week free trial in Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe to the show, get the ad-free episodes, and you'll be able to access those bonus episodes as well. So either or, whatever's convenient for you, it still goes a huge, huge way to support the show and support what we all do here. So patreon.com slash PKMNCASD, or if you're on Apple Podcasts, start that free week to try, start that free two-week trial. And if you like it, continue it. Supporting us that way goes a long way and you get a bunch of stuff on top of it. So I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode and thank you for listening. This podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We all know that ExpressVPN protects your privacy and your security online. You, you would hope so. We've been running ads for them all year. But there's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. If you're like me and you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix, this could change your world. Let's say your name is Will and you've been using ExpressVPN and you wanted to watch some Studio Ghibli stuff on Netflix. That's only available in Japan. It's pretty simple to do. You can fire up ExpressVPN, change your location to Japan, refresh your Netflix, and that's it. You can watch those Studio Ghibli movies over there. Or maybe the opposite. Maybe you were in Korea for a whole week, and you were like, oh, I wanted to watch The Witcher on US Netflix, and the Korean internet is saying, I'm not there to watch it. You can use ExpressVPN to flip you back to the United States when you're in a different country. It works both ways, and ExpressVPN is something you definitely want to have if you're traveling a lot and you watch a lot of TV, or you're not traveling a lot and you're still watching a lot of TV. You can jump around to different countries and go through all the different Netflix libraries that exist. But it's just not Netflix. ExpressVPN works for any streaming service, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, any of that stuff. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but ExpressVPN makes it easy to watch shows. It's ridiculously fast. It's secure. It works on all your devices, your phones, your media consoles, your smart TVs, and anything else you have plugged in. So if you want to access a hundred, if you want to access hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash PKMNCST right now, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That is expressvpn.com slash PKMNCST. Expressvpn.com slash PKMNCST to learn more. This podcast is brought to you by Inked Gaming. When it comes to shopping for top quality gaming gear, we choose who? A company that shares our passion for Pokemon and everything that goes with it. A company built by gamers for gamers, Inked Gaming. Inked has been a main supplier of essential gaming goods since 2011. Over the years, their collection has evolved, and so has their ability to be one of the best at what they do, which is giving gamers what they want for the best price. 
sleeves, mats, deck cases, etc. You can catch them all. That's like a Pokemon joke. At oh, Inked- is that a Pokemon mm. reference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at Inked Gaming. With Ink Gaming sponsorship this week, our listeners have exclusive access to certain perks that will come in handy. Specifically, a 10% off discount code that we can use toward your first purchase. And you can purchase a lot of great things, as we covered before. Sleeves, mats, dex cases, everything. They have a lot of great stuff on that website. I <clears throat> will say that. If you spot something you really like or absolutely need while looking through the collection, just go to inkgaming.com slash pkmncast and use the code pkmncast and the discount will apply at checkout. And we are back from our break. We're going to talk about Pokemon Unite, which I think all three of us play here. The Pinsir Pokemon Scizor is now available in Pokemon Unite. Test- is Pinsir not the Pinsir Pokemon? What is yeah, Pinsir? Well, <laughs> you there's know. a lot of Pinsir. There's a lot of Wiglets. There's a lot of Diglets. There's a lot of Pinsir. Everybody's Pinsir. All right. Uh, you can obtain Scizor for 14,000 AOS coins. Technically, that's not true. Well, until a full week is up. And then, or 575 Aos gems. Uh, Scissor begins as Scyther. You can choose to keep it unevolved. Scyther learns dual wing beat at level 5. It will remain Scyther for the remainder of the match. Uh, Scyther learns bullet punch. If Scyther learns bullet punch at level 5, it will instead evolve into Scizor for the remainder of the match. For Scyther, speed and damage are the name of the game. For Scizor, it's durability. I think this is one of two Pokemon that can do this. The second one will be Clefairy. Clefairy is supposed to, yeah. Uh, We have the moves here, but uh, for those listening to the podcast or watching on YouTube, that's that's how you don't evolve it, is the level 5. You either keep dual wing beat or you go the bullet punch route. So I'm assuming Clefairy will be the same way. And it's 14,000 gems, or sorry, coins, which is the third Pokemon to be that. I think it was Buzzwall, yeah, Tyranitar. But I think Buzzwall was more. No, Buzzwall was more than 14. 14's been the highest. I paid for Buzz with coins. I think Buzz, yeah, Tyranitar. This seems to be the new amount. Which is insane, because they went from like 10,000 being the most expensive to now 14. Yeah. Not even Charizard increase. is 14,000. Charizard's only like six. So according to, I'm looking up on Eurogamer, Eurogamer says Ball's Wall was 1,200. 12,000? Yeah, 12,000, I mean. Really? I 12? don't know how accurate this is. Hmm. I don't know if I can check the price of Buzz because I bought it. I don't think it shows you after the fact. I heard people don't like Scizor. I heard he's not good. I'm bad at paying attention to what happens in matches, but the scissors I have played against haven't seemed that annoying. So <laughs> I think the the thing is, is that you start the game as a heavy attacker, which is Scyther. And then if you pick scissor, you are playing a different, a very different character with a very different set of things that you're supposed to do, because basically it becomes a defender at that point. Because its durability goes way up, but its attack goes isn't great. So I think what people are having issues with Scyther is that you are this great attacker, and then suddenly you're not. Suddenly you are a very different role. And it, it's good if you know what you're doing, 
It's bad if you don't. It's not when I like. Isn't that good though to be able to change on the fly of like, oh, this team is really aggressive. Maybe I want to def- be a defender oh, yeah. here. I think I think a lot of these new unite characters are really meant to shine with people who are really great at the game, who are very very skilled and can make that decision like. Oh, we need to be a very aggressive with this team. They play very defensive, so I'm going to go the Scyther route. Or they're super aggressive. We need more defense. I'm going to go the Scyther route. I think it it adds a level of of complexity that wasn't there. And you, since the way the emblems work, you kind of have to decide like a neutral build if you're going to. Switch, or you're going to have to lean into one play style. I, I think it's the most complicated one they've done so far. I agree that it is complicated, and you have to like actually know what you're doing to get the most out of it. I think it's really cool that they've like they've added this in that you can evolve or not evolve, and they're starting to add more flexibility. Yeah, um, I think that's cool. Fourteen thousand gems is a lot, though. It's a lot. Um, that said, I I I feel like you get a lot more gems. Points coins than you did in the past because i'm still i'm sitting at back i'm back up at 24 and i bought some some unite license i think i finally bought cramorant just so i could have the skins and i'm already back up to to where i was before after playing a little bit so i i I feel it is more expensive but i think they're also more generous with the coin so i believe the next character is clefairy coming out next due to the public test server we know that sableye and zorark are coming next oh yes they are i don't really like to talk about leaks or or data stuff on the show because it's like well is it not confirmed but it's confirmed because unite has a public test server and yeah i mean it's different than leak because the company confirmed by putting out a release saying we're adding these characters to the test server please play with them uh, for anyone listening, some what very, is the public very... test server? It is uh, a place where they do test out the balance changes early. How do you get on the public test server? I have no clue. Do you want to be on the public test server to play these characters early? I'm going to say no, because every single public test server match I watched seems 10 times worse than any ranked battle or any standard battle. People will will just go in, they'll play for like 60 seconds, and then just not play at all. And it, there's like no real, it, like every, you can you go on YouTube and you can like look at these Sableye matches or these Zorark matches or, or, or we, um, Clefable. They're all on the public test server. Yep. And I don't think I've ever watched a match that actually felt like a proper match. It's just, it's like the Wild West on the, the test server. I've seen a few that look like real matches, but yeah, I mean, it is, it's the test server and people treat it like a test. Like they go in and goof around and try things and they will line weird situations up to see what happens. They'll sometimes work with the other team to be like, hey, I want to see what this move does. So please stand still and don't attack me because I want, I'm trying to get information so the test server is a test and people are going to just do things that they are going that that they want to see how it works and since it is a very select group of people that tend to go to the test server they tend to talk to each other and set things up 
Uh, yeah, like if you're looking to see how it plays in game, you'll maybe get a hint of it on the test server, but also understand that what's on the test server may not at all make it to the game. Uh, Zorark was added to the test server before Sableye, so we'll start with Zorark first. Uh, Zorua has the ability Illusion, will allow Zorua to turn into an opposing Pokemon in the terms of look. Uh, this could be based off the last Pokemon it attacked. Uh, it has like the basic like scratch attack. It has a uh, slash, um, and it has fury swipes. Uh, slash is it, it's like a, a dash dash and then slash. Um, fury swipes is increases attack speed of the basic attack. Zorark also has illusion. Um, it has night slash, shadow claw, faint faint attack. Its Unite move unleashes a roar, damaging the Pokemon who are caught around it. Zorark does exactly what you think Zorark does. It it copies and looks like another Pokemon. I believe there's a character like this in League of Legends where they look like another character. I've seen it. I've seen Zorark copy a Sableye on the other team, and then it was Sableye, and then the Sableye didn't attack that Sableye, even though that didn't make sense because your team can only have one Sableye. But I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And then I watched a game where there were two Clefables, and I was like, oh, is this test server broken? Why are there two Clefables on the same team? And then I was like, oh, I'm dumb. One of them Zorark. I- I'm sure it will, as much as I-, I-, I always bring up Apex Legends because I've played a lot of Apex Legends, but there's a character in Apex called Mirage, and Mirage can make a clone of himself. And all it, like, all it is is like he sends out himself and he might be running in a direction. And you might think, like, why, how would you fall for that? It's just a character running straight in a direction. But the amount of times where I've, like, lined up a shot and then I'm like, this is perfect, it's going to be a headshot, and then I shoot, and then it, like, disappears because it was, like, a mar- it was fake. Right. And I'm just like, ah, how did I fall for Mirage? Like, how, like I, he's been in the game since day one, and I'm, like, three years later, and I'm still falling for, like, clones. I see that very much with Pokemon Unite. Especially because of the the more grass they added to the second map, I feel like really would benefit Zorark more than that very first map would. Yeah, I also think any time you force the other player to have to pause and think, even that second gives you that advantage. The thing is, is like you will appear like the other team's Charizard if that's the last thing you attacked. And you may think, oh, that's... Because it will look like it's your team member. I think that's the thing that I've seen is it matches the colors of your team. So you're like, oh, that's our Charizard who's coming back to base. And in that split second, you'll look at your minimap and be like, wait, but that's... Ar- like, you're already... You already are behind the curve because you had to pause for a minute and think, wait, where's our Charizard? Where's our whatever? Is that ours? And that gives Zoroark the advantage, particularly to sneaking in and scoring. Because when you're focusing on the other team, you may not think, oh, that's our, that's our Charmander going back to heal. And then you realize, no, it's not. And you'd have to turn around and go back. It's, it's that subtle gameplay that's just enough to make a difference. We'll see how it actually plays out in game if people really fall for it a lot. But it does seem like, much like the Mirage thing, to have to have a moment to think, is that mine? 
or is that theirs or is it a Zorark is enough to give that an advantage. So is the main point of this illusion, like it sounds like it, you can only imitate like a member of the other team, right? So well, like it's on like the what test you were server, saying. I saw them imitating the substitute doll. I saw them imitate Apom. Oh, it seems to be the Weird. last thing that you attacked, you can okay. turn into. Okay, because I could see it being like that, where you like imitate a member of the other team, so you like pretend to be one of them, and that's where the confusion is. But I could also seeing it being like you said, like you imitate a Clefairy on your team, so now your team has two Clefairy, so the other team doesn't know which Clefairy is the Clefairy, right? And that being the confusing part. I don't know how useful it is. That's like the tough part about it, like playstyle yeah. wise. Um. I saw a YouTuber describe Zorark as, like, if you really like Lucario and if you really like Zarina, you're going to really like Zorark. And that was, like, enough for me to be, like, I have zero purchase, I have zero desire in playing Zorark now yeah. because I don't like how Lucario plays and I don't like how Zarina plays. But I know, I obviously, those, those two Pokemon are very popular, especially because, like, they made it to very far in the, the, the World Championships. But also, like... There, there are there are a lot of Pokemon that fit a certain uh, archetype. Like, uh, like I would I would put Square Bunny, Greninja, and Decidueye all in the same archetype of like long range, very narrow uh, attacks. Like, I need yeah. I need my Pyro Ball. I need my arrows. I need my Greninja stars to all go down this very narrow line that I'm setting. And I I don't like that. I don't like that kind of character cool that they made a character that imitates another character uh conveniently enough pokemon has had this since generation five so <laughs> yeah i think the more shocking one is sableye is getting added uh and i think for a lot of people they didn't think sableye would be added because he's already in the shop yeah but that was the hint that was the hint that i said all along give me the sableye in the shop and they listened and they did it so it's like, are they ever going to give us, like, Natu as a playable character? Because Natu was an enemy, right? We haven't seen any of those enemies turn into playable characters. Yeah, not yet. It's hard to... Like, we have, at this point, 900 to choose from. And their <laughs> their decision-making of what they're going to put in is indecipherable. Because who would have thought they would have put in the weird-headed bird... As a super Pokemon, yet here we are, the duos in the game, running around like a wild bird on the map. I'm waiting for them to add my favorite weird-headed bird, Ice-Q. Oh, Ice-Q oh, yeah. would be good. Like, Wasn't Ice-Q it, an enemy, though, you could attack? Or no? No. I think so. Oh, no, okay. not yet. Yeah, we. who knows? Like, it, it, I could. I cannot decipher what they figure out for their release schedule, so, like... Uh, it's just like whatever. I have no idea what's maybe next. they just like rotate through the unite like dev team and they're like this week you pick yeah. a Pokemon. <laughs> oh, I need to be on the dev team. <laughs> Gosh, I still want like either like Dracozolt or Arctozolt. I think those would be so cool. Or Dracovish, not the last one. Arctovish, he he's useless. The other you three. You start though. the game as a fossil and you just have to sit there. <laughs> <laughs> you just hop around. <laughs> okay, so Sableye's ability is prankster. Pretty much as long as you're not attacking and as long as no one's attacking you, uh, you go invisible. I am so excited. Oh, I like this. that. That's cool. I believe it takes about four or five seconds for it to trigger. Yeah. But like when if you attack or you're being attacked, it resets that. So 
Um, like the main, uh, the main way you're going invisible is probably like when you die and then you're going back to like get back into battle, you're going to like enter invisible. Um, or if you're running away and they cannot reach you. Um, so if they're not playing like a score bunny, <laughs> you will turn invisible. So would you be invisible on the mini map too? Or could you just look at the mini map and see? I... From what I've seen, you are invisible to the other team, oh. both on the mini map and on the map. That's fine. I I know there are probably people listening to that and hearing like you can turn invisible and go. That's overpowered. I'm gonna say right now, like if you're not constantly attacking enemies to get experience, you're probably falling behind. And if you're just running around not attacking anything, you're probably losing the game. <laughs> Well, so I could I could see it I, being helpful like sometimes I don't know maybe I'm like playing the game but I feel like sometimes at the end it's just like a mad dash to one of like the lanes to like make a dunk and they're just like waiting and sitting and seeing which lane you're going to go to to stop you but if they can't see you run and like dunk I, before they can find you I would say yeah you should be attacking things but the way the two abilities move I don't know that that necessarily holds true for Sableye right now. You still because need to, like, you need get to, to be a invisible. Level. You still need and a level. And you do need to be in level, but I don't think Sableye shines in team fights. No, not at so all. There, I don't think so there either. are times when you are going to be like, our jungle is clear, so now's my time to go lay out bombs. Because yeah, that's so the thing. Let's talk about its you're, moves. You're putting out bombs. Which I'm so excited for. Uh so it, it has it has the it has thief. Um, it's a dash move. Uh, it will deal damage and decrease their movement speed for a short time. If this Pokemon hits a Pokemon from an opposing team, it will steal a small amount of their Aos energy. If Pokemon don't have Aos energy, they will be left unable to attack for a short time. I believe the test server showed it's store it's still like five Aos energy. Yeah, it, that's probably going to be changed. Uh, it has knockoff. User is uh, designated in direction and then back again while attacking, dealing damage to the opposing. Pokemon, um, leaving them unable to attack for a short time. Uh, this move can be used again and again. If the user attacks in the front with its claws, it will deal damage. This Pokemon will also drop some of their AOS energy collected for a short time. And then there's Confuse Ray. Some of these descriptions are super long. And uh, yeah. it's like kind of hard to describe them like without seeing them in battle. Um, cause I, it's funny cause I'll watch, I'll watch like YouTubers, like they'll read it and they'll be like, that doesn't make sense. And then they'll like do it. And they're like, I'm not sure what it's doing. And then it's not until like five minutes later, they're like, oh, I finally get what the move does. <laughs> <laughs> Confuse Ray, uh, fires a sinister ray in the designated direction, dealing damage to the Pokemon it hits. If this move hits a Pokemon from the opposing team, it will also leave them confused. Pokemon uh, are left unable to attack and will continue to attack nearby Pokemon with basic attacks. Confused Pokemon will target the following in a priority order. First, their ally Pokemon, then wild Pokemon, then Pokemon on the user's team. It looks like they're only confused for like literally a second. Uh, unless it's like confused right plus plus or whatever, then it seems yeah. like it's like three seconds. Uh, there's also Astonish, Feint Attack, Shadow Sneak, and then Phantom Ambush. Phantom Ambush is the Unite move. Uh, Pokemon hit by Pokemon on the opposing team hit by this move are unable to act and will start returning to base. Uh, if they take damage before returning to base, the return effect is canceled, 
and they are left uh, unable to act for a short time. Oppo- opposing Pokemon hit by this who are not facing the user will have their movement speed decreased for a short time. Uh, so there's like a lot of things going on with Sableye. One, he can turn invisible. Two, Phantom Ambush seems similar to Wigglytuff's sing, whereas like you'll sing to put them to sleep, but then your teammate will hit them to wake them up. So it's like, well, why did I even put them to sleep? Like, it's Unite Move will send the Pokemon back to base if they're looking at Sableye when the Unite Move is there. But if you're in a giant team fight, like before Rayquaza, and you do it, and then your team hits those Pokemon, like, your Unite Move seems very wasted at that point. Yeah, but also, there's times when your team is running back and their team is attacking Rayquaza, if you can get in front and flash and they all stop and return to base, you have just created the opening to turn the tide. Like, there are very specific ways, if you are good with this character, that that is incredibly handy. If you are the only person defending your bottom lane and they come at you and you're invisible and you hit them with the Unite move, you have stopped them from scoring on your bottom lane while everybody's taking the Reggie up top. Like, there are very specific ways, if you can pull this off, that this is incredibly good. And it's a support, and I think that's why it's important to note that, like, Shadow Sneak lets you turn stealth. So you can be hiding and stop them. And it's actually doing a really strong support function, but it is very, very specific. And you have to be, I have a feeling much like Sizor, you have to be very good at this character to pull this stuff off. Or like a Hoopa. You just can't. Yeah. You just can't play Hoopa and be like, yeah, this, like you need to understand yeah. the portal. You have to system. understand. And I like, still don't get Hoopa. I like play with Hoopas <laughs> yeah. and I just like I teleport and I'm like, I don't know what's yeah, happening. I don't know. It's just panic. <laughs> there are many times when I hit a button and Hoopas set something up and I hit the wrong button. I'm like, where am I? <laughs> How did I end up here? Um, I think the fact that Shadow Sneak allows you to enter stealth and faint attack that allows you to put fake Aos energy out allows this character to to be slightly under-leveled and still do a major function. Yeah, and you just so throw an EXP share on him, nine, and it's like... I don't know that you necessarily have to, depending on the build, worry about being in team fights anymore and leveling as much as everybody else, which is kind of the ideal for a support Pokemon, who are almost always behind anyways. Yeah, I just like look at Sableye, and I'm, I, I, I remember watching the World Championship stuff, and it just doesn't seem like Sableye is like a Pokemon that's picked on a world champion team. Like Sableye seems like a fun Pokemon, seems fun to use, seems a little annoying to play against. Like it's like for me, it, like watching people play it, it's like I want to spend my coins on that character. But then I think back to the championship and I was like, I don't see how Sableye fits on any of these teams with these very skilled players at all. Oh, I disagree. I think a very skilled player who can stop over like stack. a Blissey on the team. Yeah. So the the ability to steal Aos from Pokemon that stack. So when Lucaria comes running in to get that first stack, and you get a thief off, you've deprived them of their stack, and they have to leave. Like the ability to snipe those things that are happening in game right now are huge. Being able to lay out fake Aos energy so that people are distracted to go for the wrong thing and end up being poisoned and hurt by that. 
those are game changing moves. I just think that this is one of the things that shines, much like a lot of things they're putting out, will shine in a person that knows exactly what should be happening in these games and what each character can do. Because I, I, it is so frustrating to deal with the stackers right now when Dodrio yeah, comes is running very, in. Very annoying. If you have a thing that snipes that five energy away so they don't have a stack anymore, huge. You've denied them their Aos energy, the attack weight boost. You've stolen a lot from them. And that is a huge thing from a support that we don't have right now. Also, and like this is me, the very casual Pokemon fan speaking, but I feel like like the goal doesn't need to be to have every single Pokemon to be like championship team material. Like if it's a cool Pokemon with like new gimmicks that it's that's going to be like fun to play and get people excited and like want to come back to the game or like want to try something new. I think that's still a good thing. To- oh yeah. I, I, the minute this drops, I am playing no other Pokemon in that game. <laughs> None. <laughs> this is the only thing I'm playing. You're going you, to, are you going to give them money? Glaceon with your Sable. I am on the fence about giving them money. Because you know I they're going to do the, may give them money. You know, they're going to do the thing where you can't buy it for a full week unless I you know. use real money. I know. And I'm I'm actually tempted by that. Also, I played the game a lot, and I haven't given them money except for the first time. So buying one character does not feel terrible for a game that I play every day. Um, oh my gosh, my battle pass expired, or not my battle pass, my my membership has expired, and I have never felt so much relief. That gave, <laughs> that gave me so much stress of like, did I log in today to collect my 40 gems? Or then I'd be like, ah, it's like 7.05, and it's like, no, I missed my 40 gems. I didn't log in. Now it's expired. I don't have to think about it anymore. No You're more free. gems. I'm free. I still have not like bought any of the memberships or the battle passes, but I like considered it in the Space Gengar battle pass, because I really wanted Space Gengar, but I was like, you know what? I don't want to like stress that. I don't want that to happen. I don't want to like stress out about oh, having to was... like log in and everything. But now I have such bad FOMO, and every time I see a Space Gengar, I'm like, I want Space Gengar so bad, and I wish I had gotten Space Gengar. Uh, I mean, they just have... It's in... In the last battle pass, Space Gengar was one of the things you could purchase with the additional currency you got out of that battle pass. Was it? There it'll like... probably come back again. Okay. The yeah, menus but... confuse me, so I just look for the, like, claim all button, and I click yeah. it, and then I don't yeah. pay attention to anything yeah. else. It, it is... It, the rewards are real... Real confusing. It, they've got a lot of currency for no good reason. Uh, yes, they do. No, they do have a good reason. It's to confuse you and then to get yes. more money out of you. Yeah. Or in my case, confuse you and then get no money out of you because I don't know where I'm supposed to put my money. <laughs> it's also valid. So yeah, we, ha- we have three characters coming, Clefairy, and then I'm assuming Zorark, and then Sableye. Yeah. Uh, those are all supposed to be for like October, I believe. Uh most likely the way they're doing they'd usually do about two weeks between, which means that Sableye would probably hit the first They could flip part it. Of they could give us Sableye or like just because Zorark was added first doesn't mean I feel like Sableye and Zorark are both like spooky October Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. I think Clefairy so, is supposed to be the eighth or something. Not the eighth, the eleventh. I think it's the eleventh. So we should get one on the eleventh and then the twenty fifth. Yeah. But Unite was in a really bad spot this last couple, this last season, because they, they like redid Mr. Mime from the ground up, which is cool, by the way. I think it is cool that they were like, this character is, is so bad. No one is using it. Let's change all of its moves. Then it was too good. 
and then they like nerfed him uh, after like two weeks but he's still like too good still very annoying to play against though must be good <laughs> um they just did another big change so the the current as of this recording it's october 2nd i think the current battle pass ends on the fourth and then that's like the mu stuff the the weird mu shoe thing is over and there's like a new thing right but the rank season is still because the rank season is always two. The rank battle, the rank seasons are always two costume seasons. I don't know what they're called. You know what I mean, though. I do. The two battle pass seasons. It's 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 weird. Two costume. Two costume <laughs> seasons. It. Yeah. Welcome to costume season. <laughs> uh okay. That was that was your Pokemon Unite minute. There was a lot there. Let's talk about Temtem. Temtem came out. If if you don't know what Temtem is, we've covered it a couple times on this podcast. Temtem is uh it was a Kickstarter. Let me pull up the Kickstarter page for the sake of this uh this this thing. It was a it was a massive multiplayer creature creature collection adventure. This Kickstarter was uh launched on Gosh, when was this Kickstarter launched? Oh, it's a while ago now. So, sometime in like 2017, I think. Yeah, it's been a long time. I, I will if 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 you were an early bird on the Kickstarter, you could pay sixteen dollars or more. You would become the first backers to receive a discount on the Temtem Tamer, which would include the digital game for Steam for sixteen dollars. The Kickstarter exclusive original Tamer Cap cosmetic item, uh, access to the exclusive backer group in Discord, and a high res digital wallpaper. That is a that is a great deal. I I think so honestly for sixteen dollars for a full game. Uh, that was supposed to be estimated delivery September of two thousand nineteen. Uh, so why we're talking about this is because one Temtem is very Pokemon. And two, it is now September of 2022, and Temtem is officially released. <laughs> yep. It is out of beta. It is only three years late from the Kickstarter, which, you which know, to be fair. Which isn't bad. That's they not, did say not bad estimated. for Kickstarter. <laughs> that was pretty good for Kickstarter, you know, within three years. Um, Kickstarter had, uh, the Kickstarter had uh, 12,000 backers, and it made uh, almost $600,000. Which in reality is, I don't feel like that's a lot of money for a video game. Well, like how many people were on that team and worked on it for like five years? Oh like yeah, I don't, I don't know what divided they're, by they're... a team for five years that much. I don't... Yeah, I mean, I gotta be honest. I've seen board games go much higher than that. Mm. It's not a lot. I mean, half a million dollars is a lot for a small team that's never done anything. Well, half a million um, dollars, Kickstarter takes, what, like 20%? Yeah. It was enough to get them started, for sure. And then I'm assuming they got other investors. Yeah, so it's officially out. Um, the The news around this is that uh, the Pokemon-inspired MMO, this is off Nintendo Life, has over 1 million players, in which I said that the Kickstarter sold... Um, 
Well, well, 12,000 12, backers. Not everyone was, you know, I mean, you could pledge a dollar <laughs> and not get the game. There was 170 people that did not want the game. They just pledged a dollar. So they tweeted a very special announcement today. We've reached 1 million total users in Temtem. Thank you for making this possible. We'll work hard to make the game even better. So that's a lot of people. I mean, like a million people. I'm assuming they're they're saying like registered accounts. Yeah, probably. Um, so I I don't I don't know if like if you bought it on Switch because it is available on Switch. If like you made like two profiles, if that counts for like two accounts, I'm not sure. When <laughs> it's funny because like Sword and Shield has released and has had uh uh two DLCs and we are now gearing up for Scarlet and Violet. And Temtem was supposed to be this. If you followed the National Dex news closely, a lot of the National Dex people also were the same people saying that Temtem was going to be this Pokemon killer. And Temtem was doing everything right, and Sword and Shield was doing everything wrong. Temtem had it where you can see other players in the overworld. And so if you were shiny hunting in that game, Temtem does have shiny hunting. They're called Lumas you would see other people spin in a circle in the grass as you spun in the circle in the grass. And that in itself was a Pokemon killer because, you know, Sword and Shield did not have the ability to watch other people spin in a circle in the grass. Really key thing missing. <laughs> ruining the whole experience. Right. I think I think it's it's it the perspective is really interesting to see that this game was supposed to be the Pokemon killer before Sword and Shield came out. Sword and Shield came out, had two DLCs, and now we're gearing up for a brand new generation of Scarlet and Violet, all in the time that this one single game is now officially out. And I, whether or not you like Sword and Shield, or you think Sword and Shield is brushed, or you think the trees are bad, or you think that Game Freak is lazy... I can't help but think, like, capitalism always wins in the sense of, like, why would they put more effort in the trees when they are putting out a brand new generation in the time that this game has come out and they sold 26 million copies of Sword and Shield and they're probably going to sell... 20 plus million copies of Scarlet and Violet. And it's very cool. I don't want to, like... It's very cool that Temtem hit a million players. Oh, yeah. But I, this is why, like, not th- this is not the only reason, but a big reason of, like, why Pokemon games don't need to, like, take longer. Because they're just going to make another game. They're just going to put the things they would have focused on in that game in the new game. They will run out of time, and then they'll just make another game and put those things in. Like... Why stop the cycle that is making you <laughs> money? Just put it out and be like, yep, it's not perfect. That's okay. There'll be another game in two to three years. I mean, you don't, you don't ever stop the money-making machine. If you stop the money-making machine, it stops making money. Y- yeah. Temtem is massively multiplayer. This is their tweet. Cross-play and cross-progression. Fully fledged story campaign, hundred percent co-op. I guess we're getting that in Scarlet and Violet, or 
who knows if it's maybe it's 95 percent. who knows i don't know i'm not we're getting co-op let's not say it's 100 percent or 95 percent because i don't think either of those two things are true rng free competitive focused battles players customization trading available on switch xbox ps5 steam they had a very good uh animated trailer uh, but going back to what Greg said on the part of the podcast that got cut out because I forgot that to hit record. Out. I have been very tempted by Temtem, but the, my biggest issue is I don't find any of the Temtem cute. Like, I have yet to cry. And any of the things that I've watched, I, and I've watched streamers, I have watched videos, I have watched all the things to decide, do I want to start playing Temtem? None of the Temtem, I'm like, I have to have that. You want indie Pokemon with cute monsters? You should play Ooblets. I mean, I and the thing is, I've been tempted by Ooblets because Ooblets is cute, and no, no shade to the game. Like it, it looks very well made and looks very. It's what I've seen. It looks very smooth. I just don't like the designs. I, I, they just don't. They don't appeal. There is a. I gotta put this. Weirdly, but there is a level of hyper masculinity in a lot of the designs that turns me off. I just can't remember any of the designs. But and that too. <laughs> like like when you said that, I'm like trying to think of Temtems and I, I can't think of any of them. I could think of the pig with the wings, which was like the little plush that they that was part of the Kickstarter. Is that a pig with wings? Yeah, I don't even remember what his name is. I'm just looking at like the Kickstarter page and I see like Metapod, I see like Rowlet, I see Sandile, <laughs> I see Luminion. <laughs> I mean, from what I want, from people who have played and who really, really enjoy it, like it, it does hit what they said it was going to do. Uh, it is a. It is a more in depth storyline that is very cooperative. That and the battles are RNG free, more difficult and RNG free. Yes, like, I remember one of the interviews uh, of of the guy saying like he he when he was playing Pokemon he hated that a ninety percent move would miss and he hated like critical hits would turn the tides of like I was doing everything right and I got critical hit. There's like pros and cons to that though, right? Like the reason why people are, are like cheering or screaming in a world championship matches is because like somebody used play rough and that was like a 10% miss or somebody double protected and the second protect had like a 50% chance of activating and it activated and because it activated they won the game but that was like their best that doesn't that didn't come down to like luck per se like yeah sure the luck of like heads or tails but like that is the that was their win condition. That was like if they if like they could attack, but that didn't matter because they would automatically lose. Like they had to like hope that the protect activated because that was like the one way they could win. Like it's oh, it, I found the flying pig. I found it. Like the whole like RNG free battles is actually the turnoff for me because like the thing about Pokemon is good players will still be good players that's why you see like wolfie glick it always makes it to like top eight like like one of the best records out there for for pokemon he, he like won a players cup he's won a world championship he's won two nationals there's no doubt that a player like wolfie glick is incredibly talented and very good at what he does he didn't get there just because like 
he got l- lucky in every single one of his matches and he got two protects. Like, he understands and knows how to play the game. Yeah, sure, there's RNG a part of it, but I, as a brand new player to uh, Pokemon, I still have a chance of beating Wolfie Glick, right? I still have a chance of of hitting Thunder Wave and him being paralyzed. I have still a chance of, like, not getting crit or him missing a Rock Slide or me getting crit. Like, I, as a new player, can still win a match against very good players because of RNG, because of luck, because of them risking a 90% move or an 80% move. Whereas when you remove all of the RNG, your game becomes chess. There is no, there is no RNG in chess there. And it is impossible for somebody who has been playing chess for two weeks to beat somebody who's been playing chess for 10 years. Like you just can't do it. I don't think that's like super healthy for the longevity of like a competitive focused game like this. Uh, but may, I don't know. It was a selling point, and so people were like into that. Like, yes, I hate critical I mean, hits too. But like, I, I for for an MMO that is a necessary component, right? Like, if you are doing an end raid boss, because there's an entire PVE section, and there are raids, and there are difficult dungeons, you don't want to have gone through a seventeen room dungeon to have an rng miss at the end and not complete the dungeon right like they have to they have to do what pokemon doesn't have to do which is do an mmo balance with a competitive balance and even mmos struggle with the pvp versus pve balance so adding rng on top of a pve experience when you want people to do weekly challenges and weekly dungeons makes a really bad pve experience i get it like they have a different focus of this game and i can see how they are building strategy around their end game for pvp and it will become different if the game goes longer. But right now, watching PvP battles, I see all the same things, and they all switch in and do all the same stuff. It, I mean, it is, it is a, it is a meta that is in a very specific set way because the minute I, the announcer's like, "Oh, they're going to bring this in because it's going to do this," and it absolutely does it. There isn't a lot of risks because it is a lot of pre-planning and just knowing like like knowing all the moves in chess knowing what some what somebody's gambit in chess is you immediately know how to counter it that's a lot what's happening here and i it's a different experience i'm not gonna say it's a better or worse experience because you kind of need to have a (laughs) non-rng attack system to be able to fight a, a tough boss like i get it I just don't know if I find that compelling enough. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about like what you want for PvP versus PvE because I I agree with all of the above points that like you probably don't want it in a PvE situation because that's just like really annoying. But for PvP, like I agree with everything Steve said, and then also um, I think like not not just like if you're a new player you have a chance of winning, but um, like it adds an element of like excitement and unpredictability to a game so that like like when the crowd's cheering it's cuz like a 10% thing happened that like 
probably wouldn't have happened, but happened. And it's like an exciting new twist. And now these like players have to adapt to it. And I think that's really interesting and exciting and like a piece of text. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is me being like very cynical and jaded, but it feels to me that people like yelling for no RNG are the people who are like losing and they're like, it's because of the RNG. So take away the RNG and everything will be better. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, there's there's absolutely part. That's absolutely part of what people's frustrations are, right? Like when you miss a move and that was your one way of winning and if it had like if it had hit that would have been the outcome for you and it didn't like that is a very frustrating experience but you also know that going in yeah and that's also mm-hmm. on the other side though like i can i yeah. can right. i can reflect all like i do a lot of competitive battling on stream and like i can i can easily say like oh i only won that match because i hit that crit or i only won yeah. that match because like i hit that 90% move or they they missed their rock slide and because they missed their rock slide i win like yeah, it's like it's a confirmation bias thing. Like when it happens not in your favor, it like really sticks out, but um, it doesn't feel like it happens in your favor just as much. Right. It, it does. It, it, there's a lot of confirmation bias in that stuff. But also, they're different games, right? Like there aren't, I mean, it is frustrating to do a Dynamax adventure. And you get a sense of this when you're at the final boss and you miss the move, right? Like, you have gone all of this way and you don't defeat the final boss. It is a very frustrating experience. The difference is that Pokemon compensates it by allowing you to go right back in and try it again. Whereas most MMOs are like, that was your one shot for the week. (laughs) You lost. Come back next week. Um, And that's a very negative experience for a lot of people that I think they are trying to make a game that appeals to their sensibilities and great like that's what that's it's they're literally doing what everybody says snarkily if you don't like it make your own game they didn't like it they made their own congratulations do you have a game that people are actually enjoying that's a success a million people is a lot i mean it's not 26 More than million I have people playing my game of right uh, now. you know scarlet and violet the other the last thing i want to say about temtem is like the weird type chart they have going on uh they have like they have neutral fire water nature uh, which i think is grass electric earth mental which i think is psychic wind digital melee crystal toxic so you can see that it's 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 slightly different they their type chart looks exactly like a pokemon type chart i don't know if there's another way to do type charts besides like look i'm in the middle of making a pokemon rpg and the type chart and types nightmare literally the worst thing i've ever done in making a game because it is so frustrating to come up with interesting words interesting types and then figuring out how to do what's strong again like i spent four days literally with a spreadsheet going nope that doesn't work start over again nope that doesn't work start over again i spent four days coming up with something it's tough I blah. Yeah, so like there's there's only so many ways to say like fire is weak to water but strong against nature slash grass, right? Um but when I played Temtem, I played in the alpha, I think, before beta. It made me appreciate Pokemon more in the sense of like the thing I hear 
a lot is uh well i get you know you get a lot of jaded people on twitch but you get you get the person that comes in and they're like i wish pokemon games were harder um and i've talked about this before but like the two examples i have is 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 temtem and is watching my friend play sword and shield and and i think it's it i think to me the pers- the 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 perception i have is like it's not really that hard because you know you know what you're doing and you can't unlearn that. And what I mean by that is like, you know that like electric can't hit ground. You know that electric is super effective against flying. You know that fairy hits dragon really hard. You know that steel is super effective against fairy. You know these things and you know the Pokemon you're fighting against. So when you're in a battle and you have a fire Pokemon in front of you and you're, you have a Gyarados, why would you not hit Waterfall? Like, you, you know what to do. You know your best move is to hit Waterfall. And if you hit Waterfall and you one-shot that Rapidash and then the next Pokemon that comes out is Ninetales and you're like, I have three other moves, but Waterfall is my best move, so I'm going to hit it again. And then they, they send out a Graveler and you're like, well, my best move is Waterfall, so I'm going to hit that again. And you, you've easily won the battle. When I played Temtem, I couldn't do that. Because one, I didn't know what I was looking at. Because I can't, like, I don't know, fake Greninja's against me. I'm going to assume he's water type. <laughs> but he's not. He's, he's, he's toxic type. I have, uh, what is super effective against toxic? I got to look at this type chart. Um, wind is? Okay, I don't have any wind. I don't even know what a wind Pokemon looks like. And, like, all of a sudden, I start losing these battles because, like, I don't know their type chart, and I don't know what creature that is. Like, there's, like, the thing about Temtem is, at least, like, Pokemon, when you, like, look at something, like an Impidimp, you're like, ah, you kind of look fairy. Oh, you are fairy. Or, like, oh, like, you're a rock with arms. I bet you're a rock type. Oh, yep, you are. Okay, I know rock is weak against water, like... But if you're brand new to Pokemon, you would probably have those same struggles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As you would. So I think that's the thing that I like try to like point out. And there's not like a quick way of explaining that to people is like once you learn the type chart in Pokemon, it becomes so much easier because you you know what works. And uh, another interest. So like to bring this back to Pokemon, I was watching a friend play Sword and Shield at his house. Um, he's like, he like, he was like stuck in Glimwood Tangle and I've like, I've been friends with them for over 10 years. Like we played Heart Gold, Soul Silver together. We played Black and White together. We played Black 2. Like we played like every Pokemon game together when we, we, we lived in the same state. And I, I watched him like, I know he like, he, and he plays like Dest like he plays a million video games. Like he's, he's not a casual player. And I watched him almost lose to an Impidimp because he just didn't know what type it was. And he was like, oh, I'm going to use a, I'm going to use this move. Oh, it's not effective. Okay, I'm going to use this move. And like, it was just really interesting watching him. Like, his team was overleveled. He had all six Pokemon. And like, he just almost lost the Impidimp because like, he wasn't hitting the, like, he, I, and I didn't say right. anything the entire time. He had the, he had the super effective moves. Like, all he had to do was hit it and he would one shot it. But he was like, oh, I'm going to use this move. Oh, it's not very effective. Oh, I'm dead. Okay, I'll try to this. And it was just, it kind of just showed that like the people who like rush into my Twitch stream and they're like, Pokemon's too easy. It's like, you just, you have a really good understanding of the game and you can't unlearn that. I don't know how, unless they add like a hard mode or something, but like, even if, uh, 
even if the Pokemon was like, even if that Graveler was five levels higher, I'm still going to hit the waterfall button because it's still the best button to hit. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I still remember the first time I saw a pseudo Wudo and I was like, why will this thing not die to my fire? It's like clearly a grass <laughs> Pokemon. What is happening? And it was like the most frustrating thing ever. It kind of goes back to that whole like Whitney argument of like, oh, Whitney's so tough. And it's like, you know, there was a whole cave of rock Pokemon right before Whitney and roll out the move that you're complaining about is a rock type move. It does no damage to like a Geodude or an Onyx or whatever else is in that cave. Like, like it's really easy to survive rollout if you sent out. I was like, well, I don't want to use a Geodude. <laughs> Fair. I don't blame them. Valid. Hard that mode activated. <laughs> valid. <laughs> totally valid. Um, yep. Well, good. You know, good for Temtem. Uh, they got a million people. I, 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 you know, I probably would have played this game if it came out maybe early in the year. It's very close to Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, I think that's also my issue. Like, I know I have something coming. I don't want to get into another MMO. I'm in an MMO that I really, 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 really love. So adding another one is just like, or I could be doing my, the one thing that I've really invested a lot of time in. Pokemon Unite. Yeah. All right, question of the week. Uh, uh, well, how are we here? Did we, no, didn't we have another thing? The Battle Pass thing? Are we skipping that? Oh, yeah. I, we talked about it a lot. <laughs> The- All right, just one thing. Temtem has a battle pass. If you think that's new in MMOs, look at an MMO. Like, yeah, there were there were there was okay. The 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 short of it is Temtem was getting review bombed, and the devs complained about please don't review bomb us because they did have a battle pass, uh, and the battle pass was only cosmetic stuff. So you would pay real money for the battle pass. Temtem is like a fifty dollars game. It's not. It's not like a free to play game. It is. So people were like, "You're charging us full price for a game, and you're charging us for a battle pass." And they're like, "Look, we want this game to last a long time." The battle pass was something that was talked about in the Kickstarter. Everything in the battle pass is purely cosmetic. I don't personally have yeah. a problem with that. What? Tell me, you don't play MMOs? Like, <laughs> I buy a $30 expansion, and then I pay twelve ninety five a month to keep playing the game. That is the MMO model. That is what an MMO is, unless it's free-to-play, in which it's going to make you microtransaction. Like, this is the MMO model. And I'm, I, when I read the article, I'm like, I cannot believe... People are upset about the standard MMO model. Well, you don't even have to buy the battle pass. That's the thing. You don't have to buy the battle pass. You don't even have to do it. Yeah. It's, not even sta- it's not even the same. And it also said in this article that like they made it so purchasing one battle pass gives you enough currency to purchase the next for free. So like once you get one, you just get like endless free battle passes. Yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't seem any different to like paid DLC yeah. for a full price game. Um, yeah, yeah. No? I, Apex Legends does that too. Like you, you theoretically you have to complete the battle pass, right? If you buy it and you don't, like you get to level five, you're not going to get your currency back. But like Apex has it too, where if you pay, I think it's like eight bucks. But if you make it to the end of the battle pass, you get enough coins where when the ne- next battle pass comes out, you just buy with coins and you can mm-hmm. just keep, do the same thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, but the paragraph just, where it was like phrases such as corporate greed and corruption are being bandied around. Yeah, I was like, just okay. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. Dial it back, Tim Tim. <laughs> Fan base. This is an MMO. This is what this is what you signed up for. All right, now we can do the question of the week. Yes. Ready? Now is the time for the question of the week. This is from Squat in Tacos on our YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, now's the time to like, comment, subscribe, share, ask your question. I believe it's doing squats and tacos, which is clanging and banging and then going for tacos after. Correct. Uh, After playing the faithful remake BDSP, it made me think of what I want in remakes moving forward. Good thinking. I think I would appreciate uh, the direction of return to a region over remaking a game. Same region, new gym leaders, different types, new storyline. So my question is, which region would you want a new story to return to? And what changes would you like to see place in place? I mean, I would love to go back to Kanto and not play Kanto again. <laughs> Didn't you do that like Heart, Gold, Soul, Silver? Uh, Technically, yes. New- so Technically, this, no. Um- is this not just like a sequel instead of a remake? Yeah. So like it's black two, white two instead of like black yeah. white remake. Yeah, I mean, yeah, black two, white two was, you know, new gym leaders. It was the same region, some. but you started on the other side of the map. Um some new gym leaders. Some new gym leaders. Um, I mean, I would like to go back to I would like to see a a sequel to Kanto that has because I think the I think that's one of the best maps they've ever made. Um as ter- as far as things are laid out and there's like a, a a pretty good progression of how you get to things. Um I I think that it'd be good to come back to a region where they're like we started it here but people have moved on and the world is different and we discovered new types and Team Rocket is technically disbanded so what's the new threat in this area like there's a lot of story there that is just never touched on in all the remakes. Um, like, and you get a hint of it uh, in gold and silver, but really not much. They're like, yep, they wear different clothing now because it's only been two years. Yeah. Like, show me what Kanto looks like 25 years after now. Giovanni is, I don't know, moved on to the home shopping network as his new career. Like, Show, show me what that world is like. Um, there's new types. So do the you know the gym leaders lose and change. Like I, I would love to see a Canto that is just not replaying Red and Blue for the four bajillionth time. Is that kind of Let's Go? It's kind of, except Let's Go has all the same gym leaders. It's sort of it has slightly the same different though. Line. Slightly, yeah. I mean, like, what's his name? Chase? I'm talking Trace? like, we're talking in this, like, a major revamp. Yes, yes, totally. Okay. And, like, slightly ain't doing it mm-hmm. at all. Um, I'm going to preface my answer. Steve just took a breath. Do you want to go first? No, you go. <laughs> um, I'm going to preface what I say with, uh, I don't really remember the details of a lot of the past regions and storylines, because before Sword and Shield, the most hours I ever into a Pokemon game with 60 because it took me 60 hours to become champion and then I would <laughs> I would just put it down and never play it again. Um, but based on like a quick Google to refresh my memory, um, I feel like uh, I feel like Unova would be interesting to come back to because it's like 
based on this this big metropolitan area that is just like naturally going to be evolving and changing very quickly, right? So it like makes sense for things to be very different when you come back. And I think it leaves like a lot of room for exploration and changing things around. And also they have like the seasons that game, right? So I feel like there's opportunities for like seasonal events um, and adding in a lot more content there. But like in general, I think that for any like remake or well, for me, I think that like just quality of life updates are the thing that I want the most. Like I don't mind if something is like a faithful remake and like remains faithful if it's like, and it can be like really fun and nostalgic to like go back and play the same game, but like with all of the new great stuff um, that like later generations have introduced, which I think a lot of people were hoping BDSP would be, and then BDSP was not. Um, yeah. Bad marketing in the whole faithful remake of BDSP because they were like, it's faithful, but we're not going to tell you anything until the yeah. game actually comes out. And then this part is faithful, but this part is not. And this part is faithful, but we added a whole underground area, which wasn't faithful, but. I mean, the but your TMs can break. Existed. <laughs> they just made it more. Yeah, it was. Eh. Like many other people, do not want to see the direction of BDSP. Um, but I also was not impressed with like the direction of Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Like it was okay. Like and my complaints for Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire was like I wish they did even more. Like I wish they really cranked up like the changes. Like I, I guess I I would want a return maybe to black and white. Or I, I would either want black and white or I would want Johto. And I, the, I think the reason I would want to say Johto is like, I want a Johto without Kanto. I want a Johto that like feels big. Um, like, I think what Johto does well is like the actual towns feel like big, like Goldenrod or um, gosh, what's the town with the burn tower uh, slipping my mind right now? Ecu Creek? Yeah. Like those those towns themselves feel really big and feels like there's a lot to do in them. And then the roots are like three steps. You're like three, like, like a hop over to the next town. Like, I'm pretty sure Johto is the smallest map out of everything. And it would be great if it wasn't overshadowed by Kanto and you just had like these, like, just, I don't care that the routes were like three steps in the old games. Give me like these huge, vast routes in between towns where it feels like an adventure to get to, you know, Goldenrod or whatever. Like, I want that kind of. I don't care if gym leaders are the same or different. I just want that region to feel very like fulfilled and being able to explore on the flip side with like something like black and white, like a faithful remake, I would feel would be the same complaints of BDSP. Cause if you remember black and white, it, it had the same ultimate problems as the games prior to it. That's why I think X and Y is really good. Black and white. If you go to like route one, it's like two Pokemon. You got a purloin or you got a P dev. And then you get to Route 2, and it's like Purloin, Beat, P-Dub, and uh, Venipede. Like, it's this very same problem of, like, there's not a lot of variety here. And that's what I think X and Y did really great. In the first route on X and Y is, like, 10 different Pokemon. And the forest, the first forest you get to is, like, 15 different Pokemon. And you're like, this is so refreshing compared to, like, Kanto, where it's like, you got Caterpie, and you got Weedle. And maybe like 2% of the time you got Pikachu. And well, we threw Pidgey in there. You miss Pidgey? Good. He's back. <laughs> hey, you miss Pidgey? Sorry. He's, he's here too. Um, so like, yeah, if, if we were to ever go back 
I, like I worry with like a black and white remake or a black and white visit that uh like I I was not one of the fans that were upset that black and white was all new Pokemon. Get rid of all the old ones. I'm cool with that. That was great yeah, I'm to good me. With that. I was a big fan of that, but I was not a fan of like this route has three Pokemon. That's it. This next route has the same three Pokemon, but we added one more. Um, I just don't think that works anymore. It were it kind it kind of worked back then. Um, like I remember being nineteen, eighteen when those games came out, and I was like, "This is fine." Uh, but well, I don't think it works I mean, anymore. It, it served a purpose back then to be like, don't don't linger on these routes to just try to find each and every one they'll they'll repeat so you can keep progressing to each town because we kind of spread the towns out so for a pacing situation like it helped eliminate the problem of i'm going to keep searching in this area till i find every possible thing and then when i get to the next one i'm going to waste another 50 minutes trying to find everything in here it was like now you already got a bunch get it and move on get it and move on like it tried to push the pacing forward in games that had previously been pretty much a terrible slog. Like, let's look at what came before Black and White, which was there's a, there's a bunch of different things, but every trainer has Geodude, right? Like, it tried to solve that problem of you being forced to stick on a route till you got everything by saying half the things you already got, so move on. Um, I don't think that flies in today's game world anymore. I don't think that flies in a world where a Serebi exists and tells you you've got a 10% chance of finding this one thing at 6 p.m., so come back then. Yeah. Um, so at the time, I know I can see why they made that decision, but I agree, I don't think it works anymore. And I think the problem that X and Y has is, again, I go back to that, it had great routes, but the pacing was so bizarre of when you would actually run into a town that mattered. Uh, and that wasn't just a town that was there. Yes. Because you're like, why Why is this Why is this mansion town here except for me to waste time around a Snorlax? <laughs> and I'm going to this incredibly beautiful palace to watch fireworks once and then I'll never come back. Because who cares? Hey, you chased a fur fur, I think, as well. But yeah, that's fun. <laughs> A lot of what made, like, again, they were like, we want to make a faithful game. Cool. Half your game wasn't faithful, but okay. But it's like, a lot of this stuff just doesn't work today. I mean, yeah. it worked for some people. Some people were like, I love this style of Pokemon game. Well, I mean, I don't think you can, I think you can get away with it in a remake because you're buying off of this is the way it was. If that was a game that came out on its own, and it was designed that way, I don't think it would have flown And in today's. If it wasn't latching on to the fact that this is the way it was, and you're remembering how it was, and reliving that experience, I don't think those games would have done well. Gosh, it was like all through Sword and Shield's development cycle, where people were like, we're getting, let's go Meryl, and let's go Mantine, <laughs> and like, or we're getting, like, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if you know, after Scarlet and Violet, if we're getting Gen 5, if we're getting Gen 2, if we're getting Gen 1 for the 70th time, if we're getting, I guess the new thing is like, well, Spain is right next to 
France and France's X and Y. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Ed Sheeran maybe. just came out with the music video with a bunch of Gen 1 Pokemon. <laughs> Gen 1 Remix. Confirmed. Yeah, that Confirmed. makes sense. Confirmed. The unibrow. Let's go unibrow. <laughs> All right. Well, that's today's show. We made it to the end. Um, uh, I will be at TwitchCon this upcoming week. So I think my plan is to try to record the show before I go to TwitchCon. Um, so if there is news like on Friday or Saturday and you're like, why isn't Steve covering this? It's probably because we recorded it on like a Wednesday. Um, but if you're in San Diego the week of the 7th, 8th and 9th of October, I'll be there somewhere. Uh, the whole literal reason I'm going to TwitchCon is to meet people who watch me on Twitch. So if you're in San Diego and you want to say hi, um, probably, I don't know, you could do Discord, you could do Twitter. Um, I'm pretty good at getting back to people. But if you're in the area, uh, I would love to say hi. It's literally the reason I'm going. But uh, I'll be at TwitchCon this weekend. Greg will not be there. But Greg is at, Greg's on Twitter at White Wing. Uh, Pangu is on Twitter at Pangumon? Pangumon on Twitter. I remember. Uh, I'm at Twitter at Dragging a Lake. Uh, otherwise, you can follow the podcast on Twitter uh, at PKMNCast. Same as Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all that stuff. Um, Pangu makes plushes. I make plushes. Um, you can find links to my shop and other socials at my Twitter on Pangu. At Patreon. Come find me. Yeah, otherwise, we'll be back next week. Um, and we're getting closer and closer to Scarlet and Violet, so we'll have to figure out what we're doing there. Um, Having fun is what we're doing there. Yeah. Well, there are eight gyms, so at least we can maybe say eight yeah. episodes. Yeah. Unless there's a hidden ninth gym. Don't know. Uh, but which gyms? Because there's going to be 16 and you get to choose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. well thank you for listening thank you for making to the end we will see you all next week this has been another episode of the pokemon podcast and we are super duper effective super celestial welcome to the sheenanverse Fight. Fight, Katie. Get back at the closet. This podcast is made possible because of our patrons. A huge shout out to our producers on Patreon, starting with Stephen, Sean, Matthew, Kay, Jessica, Brian, Stuart, Ryan, Nate, Bovine, Catherine, Casey, Josh, Gray, Carlos. And a huge shout out to our executive producers of Steph, Spencer, Courtney, and Brady you too would like your name read at the end of the episode or you just want to support to get ad-free episodes or bonus episodes you can head over to patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t that is patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t thank you all for your support and we will see you all next week